Hello, everyone. This is the first episode of our Sacred Union podcast. It's currently Saturday morning, and we have uh, just got back from doing a hike with the dog, swimming down by the river. Naked. Naked, yeah, nude. Nude. And uh, and then, yeah, we got sass some food because mm. I'm dry fasting for the day. I realized that I had a chickpea omelet for dinner and for breakfast. Nice. So I'm going through like a chickpea omelet. Healing. <laughs> healing. <laughs> chickpea healing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we were, when we were on our walk, we, we were thinking about this. We were speaking about how taxing it is to always be living in the mind and how much we as a society always do that. Mm. And we got into this really beautiful conversation that sparked a lot of energy in us and we wanted to share that with you. So we ultimately just wanted to have a really casual conversation with you guys about mm. it or with each other about it and mm. have you guys listen into that. But it's, uh, you know, it's about being in the mind versus being in the body and how, yeah, how that can impact our lives, how that can impact our relationship, how that can massively impact and deteriorate our intimacy if we're living too much in the mind. Um, so yeah. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah. It's interesting because I feel, you know, women have this tendency to project onto men like, oh, they're so in the mind. Oh, I'm not being met. You mm -hmm. know, all of these different things that comes through women on the spiritual path who are going through their awakening. It's very easy to look at look outside of ourselves at other men or other relationships and, you know, think that our partner should be more still or more out of the mind. Sure. You know, I know I've experienced that a lot with you. And, you know, I just really want a presence that, like, women are so in the mind as well. Yeah. Like, we are equally. Like, if we're even getting triggered by men being in their mind and out of their body and not being met, then there's some part of us that's not being met by us. Sure. And there's some part of us that's been feeling overwhelmed by how much we're living out of the body and in the mind. And so it's just really good to to presence that and take ownership that, you know, we're all doing it. We're mm. all just like living totally in the mind a lot of the time. Mm. It takes a lot of practice. Mm. Yeah. But the other like <laughs> thing that comes up within the feminine is this this pattern of feeling like not being okay with the way things are or mm -hmm. the present moment. And so like needing to alter it. Whereas that's, that doesn't seem as active for men overall. Um, obviously it's, it is, it does come up for men for time to time. But I think in relationship, I do think that women have this tendency to say like, Oh, like let's get out of the mind or like you're too much in the mind. But I think that that's more so around like resisting the way that things are and wanting them to be this idyllic way without actually putting in the work to make it that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then that impacts men. Like, we've had that pattern in our relationship where I've been unsatisfied in the past, unsatisfied, mm. and it should be different, and we should be doing more of this, and it should feel more like this, right, right. and there should be more stillness, and then <clears throat> that naturally impacts your experience of life, yeah. and then you start th living through this lens of glass half empty because I'm projecting sure. that. I'm injecting that poison into every area of our relationship. Sure. Yeah, especially with like when we would see another couple mm -hmm. that was really inspiring to you 
And then there was a part of you that's like, oh, we need to be more like that or more so like he needs to be more like him, mm. you know? And then, uh, and then, yeah, that would really send me for a loop. Make me go down the rabbit hole of thinking that like I need to be like this other man who's in this other relationship doing this other thing in life and all this comparison. But ultimately what that, that ultimately what that is, is just comparing to other people's way of life, thinking that your life should be like that when it shouldn't. Your path should be as it is. You know, you, you should be having your own path, not it doesn't need to look like anyone else's. Well, it's not trusting. It's not trusting what's unfolding. And like, that's the beautiful shift that feels like it's taken place within our relationship, but also within me where that's not coming up anymore. And like, it's not like you really had to change for that to go away. There's something that changed inside of me that made that feeling start to go away of the comparison or thinking that things should be different than the way they are. It's like, I don't know. It's like, as we deepen trust within ourselves and trust like healing our relationship with the God feels like the highest aspect of this pattern, yeah. then it, you begin to trust what's unfolding before your eyes. Even if your man isn't as still and present as that other guy, or even if you don't have an, enough money, or even if, you know, there's certain aspects of your relational dynamic that really don't feel okay. It's not so much the relationship that needs to change as it is the relationship you're having with God and the trust. Sure. Yeah. That well, everything's coming here. And if it's here right now, it's perfect. Well, so what what was that that changed? Like, let's dive into that for a moment. Because that was such a relieving thing that happened with us. Where prior, there was a lot of resistance to the way that things were. And a lot of like, I don't know, it needs to be some other way. And then some sort of shift happened within you. And then there was just a lot more acceptance of the way that things are, but also the understanding that anything that we desire, we can create together, mm. you know? And I was trying to share that with you before, but like it wouldn't, it would go in one ear and out the other, you know? It's like, well, if we don't have it, let's make it happen, mm -hmm. you know? Like, let's create it together. And, and, and so what was that awakening that happened? Because it was an awakening. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a shift that happened in the relationship. Like it happened within you. Mm -hmm. And then you brought that shift into the relationship, leaving me to go, wow, this feels lighter. This feels mm -hmm. much more engaging and fun because now it's like all right there's less pressure of like it has to be this it has to be that we need to change this way it's more like no we're just going to evolve and change as time goes on so what was that yeah and it feels so good to be in that together because yeah. it's like a presence it's spontaneity there's so much love so much intimacy we're ultimately right now exploring the highest level of honeymoon that we've ever right. experienced in the six years of knowing each other yeah um <laughs> literally six years in we yawn our honeymoon <laughs> like that's pretty funny <laughs> well, i feel we've been on honeymoons before but i feel our like the intention of sacred union and what we're creating mm -hmm. and what we support our clients right and the intention of our retreats and everything we're doing is to un help people understand that the honeymoon phase is an awakened level of consciousness between two beings who are doing the work together and every time you go through the rebirth, you've moved through the death and you come out the other side on the rebirth, mm. it's going to feel like a honeymoon, but it's going to feel higher and higher and higher every time. Yeah, but what caused it? Well, I feel it's a multitude of things. Mm. And the ones that I can see here in the now 
uh, I healed my relationship with my inner masculine. Mm. I went into that like six month portal of realizing how unsafe I still feel, you know, like I no, not now, but when was this? It was when we were living in Villa Kashia and I was just like on my rug one morning, I had finished my practice and it just became so clear that I had learned how to live in my feminine and run my business from my feminine, but something was missing. I could feel this hole inside of me. And I was like, I actually feel like I need to be connecting with my masculine and then just kind of intuitively got guided on that journey. And, and that led me into this state of empowerment of like, anytime I'm judging you or projecting something on you, there's a mirror. And so how can I go into that mirror every time? And at first, I didn't want to do it, but anytime I was looking at him saying, he's in the mind, he's not in his power, he's not in his masculinity, he's not in his integrity. Like anytime I would go, okay, what's the reflection? Right. Where am I out of my power, out of my feminine, out right. of my integrity? And like what happened, I feel, is it just led me into an awakening, you know, that's just been here for a while now. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's thus created an awakening between us and mm-hmm. in our relating to one another but <clears throat> it's it's almost like when we stop fascinating our attention on the outside world fascinating fascinating focusing sorry. <laughs> fascinating <laughs> when we start we, we stop focusing our attention on the outside world and Riley just tried to pounce on a bird he oh, just yeah. sprinted at that bird I've never seen him do that that's very cute our dog is outside trying to chase birds when we stop focusing so much on the outside world and we start tuning inward, we start realizing where the real work lies because mm-hmm. the unconscious human thinks, oh, I need to change my outer reality to make myself feel better mm-hmm. about myself or feel safe. And so let me focus on my partner in all the different areas that he's not enough because ultimately I'm feeling not enough and I'm just projecting that onto him because he's just the mirror reflection of me and he's just showing me my own reflection of what I need to work on, but I just think it's his issue. And so it's it's the commitment to stop focusing so much on the outer world or other people's relationships or how other people are living and start focusing on, on one's own inner work and, and inner world to see where our outer reality where our outer world is is reflecting to us what we need to see that lies within us that mm-hmm. needs healing and then the second part of that is realizing that we all have wounds within the feminine within the masculine and i feel we need to go on a journey of healing those wounds and having a healing with the feminine with the masculine like when i first came to bali mm-hmm. i went on a massive healing with my feminine because prior to bali I was living in this culture that was very disconnected from his emotions, very disconnected from like his feeling essence. It was all in the mind. And so when I got to Bali, it was like, oh, wow, you know. Um, but then but then a few years later, it shifted into the healing with the masculine. And that's what I'm on now is my own healing with the masculine. Are what you talking does, about your inner masculine feminine or outer masculine feminine? I think both happen simultaneously, you know, there's a reflection that takes place. Right. Right. And I feel, I feel now 
it sounds like both you and I have been on a healing with the masculine with my own like sense of empowerment and, and like tuning into what does true masculinity look like? What does being a man really look like? Like, you know, what does that mean to me and how can I become the best man that I possibly can be? And it sounds like you're going on your own healing of the masculine as well simultaneously. Yeah, it feels like it all happens in cycles. I can, I can see when we got to Bali years back, you were on a healing with your inner, inner feminine and you were on a healing with outer feminine as well. At that time, a lot of your friends were women. And, in Bali, yeah, yeah. And then later on, you went into your healing with the masculine and but, healing with men. But isn't it so interesting that it, it feels like that was the same thing with you? Because you came from a very masculine way of life, which yeah. created all the health stuff. And then, and then when you started coming to Bali and traveling the world, you went on the healing first with your feminine and now is the masculine. Right, right. You know, yeah. So it kind of seems like society, society needs to first have a healing with the feminine because of how disconnected we have been throughout the years yeah. and because how shadow masculine energies have been trying to run the planet for so long. And then once we go through that healing of the divine feminine, then we can kind of shift into yeah. the healing with the masculine. It feels like it's whatever is bringing us back into balance. Right. And for most people, it's going to be, for men or women, it's going to be bringing more of the X. It's X chromosome, right? It's, I, I believe. X, X is women, X, Y yeah. is men. So the X chromosome is women, which is yeah. something that's fundamentally been stripped from our society so it's not just women that need to go on a healing with that no, it's men it's as well yeah and i remember like during ryan's healings during your yeah your, <laughs> getting used to not being on video um during your healings with your feminine yeah not the initial ones because a that was healing for me seeing a man in touch with his emotions but b we sure. weren't really intimately interwoven with one another yeah. but the more recent healings with your feminine have been highly triggering at times really yeah like when you came That's out of the men the men's initiation or any yeah. any retreats or any deep work you were doing with your feminine <laughs> on so many levels it was triggering a when a man is healing his inner feminine and he's bringing more of those characteristics right. out, it could freak out a woman because ultimately all of life is wanting Balance. this this polar charge between positive and negative frequencies. And so if he's in his feminine, there may be an idea or a label on that of like he's going to stay here. But it was also triggering because, you know, when you'd come out and you were like, dancing and buying yourself flowers and doing things that perhaps I wasn't even showing up for at the time. It was mm. like, oh God, don't reflect that at me. Mm. Don't make me look at where I'm not fully taking care of my feminine. But ultimately it's so, mm. it's so good and it's so healthy, you know? Yeah. And I would say the breakthrough that I had in those retreats and during that time was the realization that in order for me to really know what it means to be a man, I have to be deeply in touch with my inner feminine. Mm -hmm. And I well, did not realize that's, that. That's my point. That's what I wanted to share is even though at first when you are going into a feminine energy, right. you're in a really yin energy, it's triggering how I've wired myself to see it nowadays is 
your feminine is what nurtures your masculine to come on bigger, yep. stronger, more integrated, more powerful, yep. but not just masculine power that's just like, oh, you know, 1950s kind of like, I'm the I'm the man of the house. Rah, rah, rah. I'm talking like right. a man's power that's integrated with his divine feminine. Yeah. Like that is a force to be reckoned with. That is the force that we want coming alive on planet Earth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you just brought up an interesting distinction with the 1950s thing, because I feel as a society, we have predominantly only seen shadow masculine or shadow feminine. We haven't seen like what like a, a real man looks like. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen what a real woman looks like. And maybe there are plenty of people that have done that. But like the leaders, the most visible people on the planet are not that. They're in their shadow. Mm -hmm. They're in their shadow masculine and they're in their shadow feminine. Um, so yes, it's not, it's not the 1950s way because that man is very deeply disconnected from his emotions, disconnected from his feeling body, from lives his sensuality. Entire, yeah, completely disconnected from his sacred sexuality. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, and is uh, and is very analytical and is very in the mind. And it's like that's not what being a man is. That's not what the divine masculine is. The divine masculine is a deeply embodied man. He is in his body. He's out of his mind. He allows his heart to lead him, not his head to lead him. Yeah. The way that I can see it that's coming through right now is it feels like the feminine and the masculine are personality traits that can live through the psyche. But the divine masculine, the divine feminine are coming through the body. They're not part of the mental structure. So yeah. they're like an awakened state that's coming through the body. So there's a very big difference between like the masculine or the feminine that's living up in the head versus living in the body. Yeah, absolutely. Huge difference. Generally, when you're living in the head, that's still shadow masculine, shadow feminine. Well, our personality, it's, it's beautiful. You know, like what's an example of like personality of the feminine? It's like, okay, so you go on Adobe stock images or pe right. pexels and Casually. you're like, trying to well we've got a lot of creators here so people are familiar with this and you you go, you look up a word that you're trying to put this beautiful poster together for a feminine activation workshop okay. and so you type into the adobe stock images femininity and what comes up a woman with pink long fingernails and women wearing high heels and you know like so all these programs and, and handbags <laughs> and traits of the feminine that live in one's personality which is ultimately programming it's the human yeah. self but the divine feminine we we get to know it's an it's an essence right. it's not part of a personality right. it's it's sensual it's right. alive it's erotic um it's love Right. So like almost in a way, when you're going on this uh, Adobe images and you're typing in femininity, what you're desiring for that to populate is a photo of a woman who is just in her feminine essence with no things that she needs to be a woman, mm -hmm. but just like her just looking at the camera, just blank face, just like in her feminine, just soft, surrendered feminine essence. Yeah, it's a, it would be, you know, a woman who's surrendered and completely softened into her body and she's sensually experiencing life through her body right. and her clothes may reflect that but 
do we need nails and handbags and perfume? Absolutely not. But that is what society ultimately programs into us. Well, and it's an interesting point too, right? Because society basically says, okay, you need to have these handbags and nails. That's what makes you a woman. And it's like, no, those, that doesn't make you a woman. You know, it's your essence. It's your energy. It's who you are. It's the energy that you're coming from and where you're living from Mm -hmm. you know and the same thing for a man you know like when you go into adobe's images and you type in masculinity like i would love to see a man who's just anchored in his body he's present he's looking at the camera with these like piercing eyes you know he doesn't need to be in a suit with like a briefcase and like a fast car and like all this money you know it's like all those things are just programs from the matrix like they're not even real yeah that was the interesting piece and when I was putting together those images for our Tulum retreat page. And that was an awakening within itself of like, yeah, I could go onto Pinterest and type in priestess, type in earth mama, type in keywords that would bring me to a lot of photographs of women in nature connecting with the earth elements. But to type in man, to type in masculinity, are you trying to code word me anything? No, I'm just trying, just... To, just trying to grab your hand. Okay. I just want to feel connected to you. Okay, hello. <laughs> and I already do feel connected to you, just a little more. Okay. Yeah, when I was typing in masculinity and I was trying to find photos, it was so yeah, hard. And yeah. I just I just paused and placed one hand on my heart and closed my eyes. I'm like, yeah, men are really struggling on the planet right now. Yeah, more than you could possibly imagine. Like men have, you know, and we've all been lost, but oh my goodness, it's like it has been really hard for men yeah. and for women, you know. It's But it's just such different variations of the way society has traumatized our nervous systems. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I can't speak for women, you know, because I'm not one, but I can at least just speak for the men in that we have been shamed and guilted out of our masculine essence since the day we were born. You know, our society has, has tried to shame us when we are being too masculine or too, and, and maybe that was coming through when we were younger and like more of a shadow essence. So like, I can understand that, but, but any time that, a, that a man has felt like truly empowered, he's been shamed out of it you know, generally, you know, like when I was in India and I was on a motorcycle and I started to feel invincible and started to feel really empowered. I had this realization of, oh my gosh, every time that I ever felt this way before, I was shamed for feeling this way. I was guilted out of feeling that. What did that look like? What do you mean? Like when I was shamed or guilted. What's an example of ways you were programmed out of that energy? Well, it very, very well could have just been my family, you know, and I might not have been like society, but I, I think, think brothers at university for as sure. well. For sure. There's such different power plays. Yeah, for sure. But I, I just think that like as a society, we have tried to convince people that men being in their power is a dangerous thing. And so we can't allow men to be empowered. And that's as petty as you can make it, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think with that programming from years and years and years, men are afraid of their own power, mainly because they don't even know what it looks like because they have been guilted and shamed from it for so long that they they haven't even allowed it to express themselves. That's why when I went on these retreats, it was so healing to be in practices and and to do certain things like beating the shit out of a mat 
or like yelling, screaming at someone like, fuck you, you know, just like allowing our energy out in a healthy, safe container that was held in this retreat, in these retreats. It's like, wow, I haven't accessed that part of me in such a long time. And that inner beast, that inner animal needs to come out because if I just lock him away forever, he's going to do some really messed up things later in life. You know, that's where like, you know, uh, midlife crises comes or that's where like all these weird things can manifest later in life. If we just like shun away this, this authentic expression of self. But if we give ourselves a healthy, safe container to allow ourselves to express these inherent urges and desires and, and, uh, expressions mm. in a way expressions of anger and expressions of sadness it 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 creates a healing because we previously felt like we couldn't go there mm. and now we can and this is an aspect that i want to bring into our retreats and our work with people you know in person is like giving them creating a a, a sacred container to allow them to express in a way that they never have before yeah we have no idea what is it the bottom of when we start actually like unearthing and touching some of the deepest layers of our primal emotions that have been yeah. trapped in the body and yeah. on the topic of men it's like i can recognize this pattern where you know the beta male the the goofy dad the man who's turned away and shied away from his power because you know for all of the multitude of reasons why that isn't safe or why that isn't welcome. Mm -hmm. And I can just see this man, this middle-aged man that you see all over the planet. He's got like male patterned balding and he's like really soft, but not soft in a delicate loving way, soft in like a, there's nobody in there kind yeah. of way. And he's got a bit of a belly and he eats fried food. And it's like, he's just in serious coping because he yeah. is like denying himself of yeah. his like primal driving life force to move through his body in the yeah. form of his rage, his sacred yeah. rage that the planet is even in this kind of state and all of the other things. Right. Yeah. It, it's like he's passive. He, he's become like he's domesticated. given up in a sense. Yeah. Like when you were just saying that, the image that was coming to me is like you see a lion in the wild. He is just fully expressed in his power. He knows how to kill. He knows how to hunt. He knows how to eat. He knows how to survive. He knows how to protect the pride. He knows to do all these skills that make him into what a lion is. And then you see a lion in the zoo who's almost like lost his zest for life because he's just been caged for his entire life. So yeah, it's still a lion, but like he's a shell of his former self. And that's what it feels like with these men who are either fully self-expressed and have tapped into their bodies and allowed themselves healthy expressions of anger or rage or pain or whatever it may be. And then other men who have just pacified themselves, who are just, who are just numb and just like recluse and, and they've forgotten what it means to be a man, an empowered man. When you came out of the six day activation. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it just, you were intimidated. I was intimidated, like in the best way possible. <laughs> it was the first time in our entire relationship where your auric field, because of how much you had yeah. processed your emotions, you had danced and made love with your feminine. You yeah. had 
beat a mat and screamed in people's faces as they held you in your dark masculine. Like, and I, I was intimidated by your aura. It was almost like the first time I had experienced in our relationship, I've got to catch up. Mm. But it was, and you know, maybe that's not healthy either, but either way, it was quite an exquisitely arousing, Mm. pulsating feeling in my sacral and in my heart Mm. where your auric field demanded respect, admiration, and I don't know, just like my, my love, my... What's the word? Adorant? Adoration. Adoration. And then the funny thing was that, you know, two good girlfriends, close girlfriends, I spoke to that, you know, Katia and um, Tara, you know, their partners are with you. And we all described to one another what we experienced when you guys came out and we all experienced the exact same thing. And the interesting thing is me, Kitty and Tara are all very strong, powerful women. Yeah. We've all got pretty powerhouse masculines. We're all yeah. tall Australian yeah, yeah, women, yeah, you know, yeah. like... You guys are all Australian, that's right. And, yeah. you know, our men, it's like those those moments when you guys came out, all three of us were just wanting to bow to you, yeah. which is how the masculine deserves to be treated. Yeah. That's like what his auric field should be calling forth from his women from his woman, but that is so unheard of in modern day relationships. Well, is it bowing? Like, I understand there might be an urge to bow, but isn't it just respect? It's devotion. Devotion, yeah. I say bow because that's a way to describe, like... Sure, sure, sure. I I devote my heart, my soul, my body to you. I am your woman, you are my man. Right, right. And I think that is where our honeymoon period comes from and will continue to be is if we can hold that adoration of one another, my adoration of you as this beautiful, amazing divine feminine presence in my life and your adoration of me, of, of me being the divine masculine presence of your life. When we look up to one another as the man and as the woman, and we continue nurturing and, and empowering ourselves in those energies, the more the honeymoon period just never goes away, it mm-hmm. feels. But I think society has lost that. I think that there's been this narrative that, oh, w- that women have of like, oh, we can do it without the men. You know, it's like, no, we're, we're good enough. Like we can do it without them. Like we, we make our own money. We do our this, we do our that. And it's like all this independence that has actually created a massive fracture in our society and in our relationships because it bleeds into the relationships. And then there are two people living in the matrix, man and woman, where the woman does not respect her man. She does not have any sort of adoration towards her man. And then no wonder they have inverted polarity, but then no wonder they have minimal intimacy and they have sex a handful of times a year and they're just living in this like mediocre type of relationship because there's no adoration of one another for being the man and being the woman. They're just, no, I can do it without you. It's like, we we never could. We've always and only done it together. Throughout the history of mankind, it's been man and woman together doing it together. Yeah, there's been a lot of shadow and a lot of crap that's played out, of course. But when it comes down to the basic fundamentals, it is man and woman together living this life and creating, you know, beauty for themselves. Mm. Yeah. And any time that there has been men of, oh, I can do it on my own or women, oh, I can do it on my own. It's like they can't go as far as if they were to band together and do it together. 
and that feels like one of the first steps of the path for women is, you know, surrendering the armor, putting down your sword and just surrendering into the fact that you need men in your life. Mm. And I'm not just talking, you know, we haven't quite explored and and built and created this part of our life yet, but we're moving into it. It's very clear that we are and it's around community. Yeah. And that pivots our focus from a woman just needing her man and a man just needing his woman to know actually every woman needs multiple men in her life that she that her body her heart her soul knows that she can trust them she can depend on them men need women and you know like the crazy thing is what has been part of the relationship programming on the planet is like you know, we even went to a, a circle, a sharing circle not too long ago where the conversation of topic was, can men and women be friends? Uh-huh. So, and like that's in, you know, like a, a spiritual community. Yeah. So it just goes to show that most relationships literally believe we can't have male and female friends because our sexual energy is so leaky because we are feeling so confused and lost uh-huh. about who we are. We're sitting so far out of our center that we could be in a relationship and another attractive person comes along and that actually could be a detriment to our relationship. You know, like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That just goes to show how weak the template of sacred union really is on this planet at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not like we don't notice other men or women and speak to them, but when the love feels like this... The cleaners just came, so I just forgot what I was just saying. All good. We'll, uh, we'll start again. Yeah. They broke our thread. Yeah, it's all good. So we were speaking. I remember you most recently saying something about armor, letting like the, the women realizing that they need to like let their armor down yeah. and like let their swords down. I want to dive into that a little bit because, because I, I want to... Like, why is it there, number one? And then why is it so hard to let it down? I can guess, but I would like to hear from you. Well, it's so hard to let it down because it's a it's a mechanism that is here to protect us. It's here for sure. our own survival. It may sound silly living in the 21st century going, oh, why do you have to arm yourself? You know, it's not like we're you know, at least most parts of the world living in that dangerous situations. But the truth is a lot of this armor that lives inside of the body, especially as it relates to the feminine, the sacred feminine is being carried from past lifetimes. Sure. And, you know, so many of the women that I work with in my sessions and like the memories that we go to of, Oh, just like the brutality, you know, it really was challenging Mm. Um, and that trauma, especially when we died with that trauma in our body and it hadn't been worked through, which is seemingly, it feels like it's the case a lot of the time, that's still signatured into our, our nervous system. And so this yeah. fight or flight around men, yeah. it's so deep. It's so deep. The mistrust, the feeling like they're going to hurt us, they're going to take from us, they're going to use us all up, abandon us, leave us to rot and die in a basement. You know, like these frequencies actually live inside of the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how much of that is programming? How much of that did society tell you to believe that about men? Well, I think that there's a chunk of that, you know, like I don't really watch 
that movie that we tuned in, I tuned in for 20 minutes. I was like amazed when Ryan Gosling stabbed someone. There was blood all over his face. I'm like, whoa, this is, I forget what Hollywood movies are like. I forgot that too. I was not expecting that to turn that quick. I had not watched a movie like that in so long. And I remember that that is how we have been watching movies our entire life. Yeah. So I think that there is a chunk of programming in there, but I remember having memories of memories of this fear. Like I remember being like six years old up in Sydney visiting my cousins and I had this terrible nightmare that I was raped by an older man and I was like six. Yeah. And that day we went out on Sydney Darling Harbour and we're walking around the harbour looking for the IMAX. And I remember like just being, someone was holding my hand and I remember being so little and looking up at all of the men and I was so scared of them. Yeah. And nothing, you know, like it's not like I had been living in a really hostile environment or my dad was, you know, abusive or anything like that. It's like there was a memory inside of my body that men are up to no good and I can't <laughs> trust them, you know? Like there's something there with their sexual energy right. that will be misused and they can take from me. Is it just about the sexual energy? I know that that is a fear, but is it also, isn't it also the fact that they're bigger and stronger and more powerful from the perspective of that stage of consciousness i guess yeah like i'm not like super consciously aware of thinking men are bigger and stronger than me especially because i'm five foot ten okay. but but it, it is it is in there because i notice when we're play fighting like or even when i went to that contact dance um workshop and like a male body was on me it was it's this feeling of like well your guys bodies feel so solid like the testosterone in your body makes your mass feel denser than ours uh. so your bodies do feel like even a smaller man naturally feels stronger than a woman who could yep. be half a foot taller than him sure 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 okay that makes sense and this is kind of going back to what I was saying with <clears throat> with men's power and in a way what you were effectively saying is like being afraid of the masculine's power right and we grew up the same way as men being afraid of our masculine power and and being shunned away from it and thus we've lost our access to it which has caused us to be pacified as we were saying before with the lion and the wild lion and the prisoned lion. Well, that's ultimately why women are emasculating men. Women They're feeding off of the energy. Women think that they... Um, women aren't even... You know, most of us aren't even aware of just how often yeah. we... Like these little, tiny, subtle, snide comments where we are attempting... Un our unconscious, our subconscious is attempting to pull his power out of his body. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even describe it as we feed on it, but I think women just go, well, men are pathetic. He doesn't deserve my admiration, so that's why I'm doing it. But if you were to look deeper inside of yourself, you would find I'm terrified that I'm not as powerful and I'm intimidated in this moment or there's something that he's doing that I feel the need to make a comment that brings him down a couple of levels because ultimately the feminine sure. has felt so disempowered for many, many years. Yeah. Well, but I guess what I meant by feeding off of it is 
if I have guilt or shame about my power or my full expression, you as the feminine are going to pick up on that shame and then make it more. That's what I meant by feeding off of it is like, if I'm at all have any sort of shame or guilt about my own sense of power, there might be some comments that you make from time to time about like about how unpowerful I am in a way, for example. Well, it's, it's challenging. It takes quite a masterful person, which we're getting a hang of it now. But I even think about the other night when you came up to my room and the second you walked into my room, there was part of me that felt like I was supposed to be angry at you. <laughs> and then it was so bizarre. And then you were like, I, I'm going to go do some work. And I'm like, why am I still feeling like I should be angry at you? Like, and you're like, and I'm going to be taking your scooter to the car. And like some part of you was feeling ashamed yeah. of taking my possession to be able yeah. to go take yourself somewhere because your bike's yeah, in the shop. And some part of your inner child self was feeling like you were doing something wrong. Right. And just because you had yep. this program in your field, I'm doing something wrong. The second you walked into the room, I'm like, you've done something wrong. Like, yeah. And it's like, I didn't allow myself to react to that. But it just goes to show like these things are sitting in our electromagnetic field yeah. and people are just responding to them yeah and the way that they play out in relationship is i mean i i would love to hear it the other way around but like for this one particular example it's the masculine has some sort of shame about something and the feminine feeds off of it and it creates this women with the women being like calloused and rude and mean to the masculine and the masculine just taking it because he's in shame and she's like feeling that shame and, and feeding off of it and, and then like it's encouraging a it even cycle. more and it just keeps going around and around yeah it's yeah. a vicious cycle and that is literally the template of most modern right. relationships right now now if we just flip it around for example or like to create another example of this is there anything in that stereotypical dynamic between the masculine and the feminine that the man is doing that's trying to bring something out of the woman the man is doing that's trying to bring something well just like like with this one example the man has some sort of shame or guilt Mm. and then the woman feels that and then kind of Mm. nurtures it out of him and is a little rude and complainy or mean to him you know callous to him is there another dynamic that plays out between the masculine and the feminine that's flipped the other way around yeah i mean i think there's a lot but the one that's starting to to come up uh hang on i just touched it for a moment well, I think, you know, the example really just applies to anything that where it doesn't really even feel like it's playing on the masculine and the feminine. How I see it is when we're holding something inside of us that's, you know, it's it's holding like a, a weight, it's yeah. belief systems, it's thoughts, it's emotions, yeah. the shame, the guilt, the self-hatred, whatever it is that we're holding inside of us. It's like anyone can pick up on that and yeah. feed on it in some way and play into it and the lights like the shadow side of that is that people can essentially you know re-traumatize us if we're not holding strong in ourselves. but the light side of that is people are here as our mirrors people are here to help show us so you're with a boyfriend and he tells you you're fat or you're not attractive or you know like these traumatizing experiences we have in partnership actually just trying to show us certain energies we're holding from our childhood of where we didn't feel seen and loved and appreciated by our father our mother or our community at large 
Yeah, and that's where life just becomes one medicine journey in the sense that everything that is happening is not happening to you, it's happening for you. And so any sort of reflection that, or some sort of thing that you receive, some sort of projection that someone gives you is not actually telling you anything about you, it's telling you about them in their own internal world. And so you can use these little things that happen as signposts to like be invitations to dive inward and see, okay, what do I have living inside of me that's creating this in my outer reality? Which has been a huge shift in our relationship recently. Yeah. We're doing that a lot more, you yeah. know, like we're, we were just in a restaurant a couple of hours ago and a man walked in and like he was irritating me and I made a <laughs> comment about that and your response is, um, I haven't heard you feel irritated towards someone in so long, go into that. And you helped me find a piece around spiritual arrogance. And, you know, it's like a really beautiful experience being on the shadow work path with your partner Mm. and guiding one another into that space. Mm. But first, what it requires is a lot of safety around each other. So I want to ask you. Interesting. I know that you didn't feel safe around me for a while there. Yeah. Rightfully so. Sat in return. Yeah. Healing three-year-old sassy, sassy pants. Yeah. It got a bit cray-cray there for a moment. Um, temper tantrums. And you ultimately, respectfully so, rightfully so, stopped feeling safe around me. I stopped yeah. being a safe space for you yeah. in certain areas. Yeah. But something has changed and it feels like our safety around one another is more than it ever has been. Uh It feels like our hearts are probably opening to one another fully for the first time in six years, which is so beautiful and so wonderful. Mm. So what has it been recently, me as the feminine, like you interacting with me, that has been creating safety for you as the man in the partnership? What does a man need from his woman to feel safe, to reveal all of himself? You stopped acting in your shadow feminine and you started acting as your woman, as your divine feminine. That it's as simple as that, you know? And, and so I started to see the version of self that I always knew was in you for, start coming online for the first time since we've known each other. And like, yeah, it was there in part, but there was other stuff in the way of it being there. And then, you know, now that it's like here, the majority, the predominant, you know, amount of time, um, it, it creates a sense of safety because it's a familiarity. Like I know you and I've always known you and I've always known this aspect of self, which you are today it has always been in there, but it hasn't manifested in, in physical form yet, you know, and and so when it has come about, it's felt like a familiarity of like, oh, there she is. And because of that, it inherently makes me feel safe because I feel like I have my best friend here as opposed to another version of self that's caught up in shadow or projection or whatever it may be. Well, the shadow feminine has an unpredictability piece to her, which is good point. where this um, BPD, borderline personality disorder, you know, like without throwing in too many clinical diagnoses, diagnoses, uh, the shadow feminine, if you were to look at her from a psychological standpoint, there's some pretty crazy stuff going on in there. You know, like I think about like my mum 
and being raised by a woman who was predominantly living in her shadow feminine, it was pretty wild, you know, like the personality fracturing of one that's carrying that much trauma in their body and not looking at it and not taking any ownership and in a constant state of fear projections. And ultimately some of those prisms of reflections, those uh, emotional mechanisms that I picked up from being raised by that kind of woman, they started to come through me at various points because, uh, you know, our trust got fractured and, and I started to have this like crazy, you know, wildebeest start coming out and expressing all of the suppressed emotions. And so there was an unpredictability piece for you, which is very hard for men, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that the unpredictability of the feminine scares men because we can't predict it. It's, it's, it's unpredictable. So it's because it, we're very linear. We're very analytical, just inherently. We're very like past, present, future type of people. But if you throw a curveball, it's like, wait, what? You know, it's so like out of left field for us that, yes, it, of course, it creates a sense of unsafety. And so when that stops happening and it stops happening, and there's much more of a uh consistency and less like curveballs inherently that's going to make anyone feel safe but i can see shadow in that as well because i whilst i do feel it's a woman's responsibility to maintain and manage her own emotional body and have a healthy healthily moving energy body where she's doing what she needs to do expressing meeting her own needs so that she's not having these temper tantrums or these episodes but at the same time the way that you just described that of men have been like past future of past now and past present and future is like that feels like the man the masculine's up in the head it's like the divine masculine is only presence and in only presence there can be no curveball there can be no fear of unpredictability so can you see how like there's a piece here that's around I was in my shadow feminine, but you were in your shadow masculine. This is the reason why I said it would create safety for anyone. Because actually when I was saying that, I was actually thinking flip the other way around because I threw you a curveball and it made you feel like you, you, there was not much safety here because of the curveball that I threw you. So it doesn't necessarily matter masculine or feminine when there's an unpredictability aspect in relationship, whether the man is unpredictable or the woman is unpredictable, it's going to create a serious sense of unsafety and fracturing in the relationship. But when we can when we can uh, but i guess the the other part of that that i want to mention is yes of course as well that when you are doing your inner work it's going to inspire me to do my inner work and vice versa and then we do it together and then we inherently create much more synergy between us and create this sense of honeymoon because it's not like only one of us is carrying our weight it's like both people are in it together doing it together and i would say that that's a common pattern that most people deal with in relationships these days is it seems like there's this pattern of one person being ready and willing to do the work and then the other person's like not ready or not willing you know whether it's man woman woman man doesn't matter but like i do see that quite a bit in my client work yeah which i ultimately you know like it'll be interesting to get to know those dynamics more as we start actually working with people face to face um you know, because my experience in this partnership has been every single time I do a chunk of my inner work and I really show up for a shadow aspect and I pull her out of unconsciousness and pull her into the light, 
literally the second I come back face to face with you, it feels like you've shifted something. Mm-hmm. It's like you, I, I never understood just how much your partner becomes a mirror of you. It's like, mm. it's non-linear. It's like, mm. you're not even sharing about some new insight or breakthrough you had, but you're already ref- reflecting back to me a new light aspect that's come online. Yeah. So I don't really, it's interesting because I speak to so many women in my sessions who are with men or thinking about leaving men or have just left men mm. who aren't doing the work. They aren't or the men aren't? The men. Okay. So I think what starts to happen here is if you start doing the work, actually doing it, not just a little bit and pretending you are, but like really, really integrating new things that have been shifting within yourself, then yes, your partner will like non-linear will begin to immediately shape shape shift before your eyes because the way in which you're perceiving him is different. It's not just him changing. It's the way you're perceiving him. But at the same time, what I can also see is that a lot of women will probably have to leave partnerships because the level of self-worth they were operating at when they attracted that person in was wildly different from where it starts to shift into when they have done their deepest, deepest inner work, which is also okay. Yeah. It's not okay. It's necessary. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we don't hear a lot of in our society. We don't hear people encouraging you. Maybe you need to leave that friendship or that relationship or whatever. And I'm not saying that everyone should break up or anything like that. But if you are in a relationship that is toxic and is not helping you or is not allowing you to grow, you shouldn't be in that relationship. If you're in a friendship that is toxic or that is not allowing you to grow, you shouldn't be in that. If you're in a family unit that's not allowing you to grow, you should leave that family unit. Now, I don't mean like leave, like never speak to them again, but like create some distance and some space so that you can come back to yourself. Because that's been one of my greatest medicines is growing up in the family that I grew up in with all the codependency that was playing out and everyone leaning on one another. It was almost like no one can flourish because the whole wasn't flourishing. But even if the whole was flourishing, still no one can flourish individually. Whereas, and all these other patterns that were playing out, And it was only when I started to create a lot of distance from my family by moving abroad and coming back to myself, I started to realize my own sense of empowerment. I started to discover what it means to be a man only because I cut the cords of my family unit, but also my friend groups at the time, cut the cords of the men that I used to, the boys that I used to hang around back then too. So the reason why I'm making a point of this is because I don't hear many people speaking about this as directly as, as I'm trying to, trying to share it, which is it's really healthy for you to get out of your friendship circles and to get out of your family unit for a period of time so that you can discover who you truly are. Because ultimately my belief is you can't find who you truly are until you cut those cords. Mm -hmm. And it's a delicate balance because I totally agree with that. And at the same time, there were times where I felt like I needed to cut the cord with you. There were times where my mind was convincing me so deeply, this man is not helping you to grow at the pace that your soul wants to come here and grow at. And Hmm. so there was a deeper shadow shadow work that needed to be done. And that shifted out of my reality. So for any of our beautiful listeners, there's a very delicate balance here, you know, and, 
and don't just take any advice we're giving. You have to really, really tune into it because there's going to be a relevance towards leaving a relationship and becoming more sovereign so that you can keep expanding and growing. Yeah, and so it's a really delicate balance. You know, you've got to you've got to really tune into it for yourself, if your own partnership, for your own dynamic, because mm. at times there will be a huge relevance towards creating space, creating sovereignty, coming back to yourself. And then there are a lot of masterful stories that live inside of us of I can't do my inner work or I can't grow. I can't expand whilst I'm in this relationship, you know, like, so we've really got to discern truth from story because, you know, there will be truth in making some of these big life relational decisions, but there will be a lot of stories that come up in the way that are ultimately little microscopic programs that are in this entire collective field that are trying to destroy the nature of union and, And, and a couple being together for the long-term committed yeah. long haul. Absolutely. Yeah, and just to tie that into the beginning of our conversation, which is those stories live in the mind, but the truth lives in the heart, lives in the body. And so if it's coming from a space of being in the mind of, oh, I need to get away from this relationship or this friend group or whatever, and if it's coming from the mind... I don't know if you can necessarily rely upon that, but if it's coming from like a true heart-centered space of like, I know this needs to happen outside of all the stories and outside, and it's like, okay, that's truth, you know? Yeah, and when I tuned into it back then, when I had a lot of stories of like, wow, this isn't working out with this man, even in 2020 when we were separate and I was, I, I initiated that like whatever, one month, two month silence between us. Oh, you mean the worst time of my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, really hard. I was very so confused. Hard. I was very angry. And, uh, you know, there were so many stories. Yeah. Oh my God, my head was full. Like my, the nonstop chatter in my head. <laughs> was get away from him, get away from him, get away. He's not this, he's not that. You won't become this. Like it was nonstop. And then every time I managed to just get a little bit of silence with my heart, it was so irrational because my mind was on such the opposite spectrum that my heart was like, no, you love him. (laughs) No, like it's that. It's so simple. Like, and every single time I tried to get away from you, after our really big breakdown in 2019, I would keep coming back. Every time you'd see me like coming back with a little dog between, with his tail between his legs. I'm like, hello, I'm back again. I heard the whispers of my heart and she's spoken and it is the way it is, but I don't know why and I'm so angry, but I'm here and I love you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you just shared is so beautiful. And you effectively just said that the truth is so simple. It's the mind that creates all the illusion and all the complication and all the analysis. But that's where all the fear and anxiety lies. The heart has love. And if we can just act from that heart-centered space, not only does life become a lot more simple, but we find ourselves accessing more and more of the truth of this reality. Mm, Such a simple truth. Super simple. And that's what our reality feels like nowadays is, you know, living so deeply in the present moment. It just feels joyful. It feels spontaneous. It feels playful. It's like we go on a walk with Riley this morning and 
if we were living in our minds, it would be like, okay, well, where are we going for breakfast? And okay, where's the scooter? But instead it was like, we need to get naked in the river right now, which is like not yeah. even allowed in Bali, but yeah. somehow we managed to make it happen. And yeah. then Riley's swimming downstream like a little sea otter and it ends <laughs> up being this like beautiful yeah. nature baby experience. And right. it's like when, when we're living through the simple truth of the heart, it's like the mind is constantly saying, okay, go do this thing now. Okay, I've got to go do this. Go pick this up. Go drive here now. It's like yeah. constantly feeding us this like laundry list of things that we need to do. And then we're missing out on the joy and the pleasure and the spontaneity. That's what it is. Spontaneity. Exactly. Which yeah. is the divine feminine. Yeah. It is the yeah, divine absolutely. feminine integrated into a man and a woman in a relationship. Yeah. It'll be highly spontaneous. Yeah when the masculine is dominant in a relationship life will start to feel like it's a to-do list absolutely yeah you mean the masculine energy you don't mean like the man. no yeah like masculine energy yeah. in a sense you know like yeah and there's the just beauty. an endless to-do list as opposed to like the magic and spontaneity of life of like not planning anything and just like allowing the day to flow and unfold as it naturally should yeah the the feminine is beauty way yeah it's like how can we potter about in nonlinear time and yeah. enjoy the space between each thing? It's like yeah. enjoying the gap between each thought where we start to spiral deeply into yeah. God, into the void. And when a relationship is missing that, it's a hindrance to both of your spiritual growth, but it's also a hindrance to the love, the connection, the intimacy to the relationship because the feminine is all about connection and relating. Yeah. Yeah. And a hindrance to how far you can travel with one another outside of this human realm, you know, cause if it's just in the mind, we just think, Oh, we're these two humans that are just why it's like, no, there's a way bigger reality beyond just this human reality, you know? And, and when we experience, the lovemaking, you know, that we have, like that we get to explore those realms and those experiences outside of two humans. It just becomes an experience with God ultimately. Yeah. Well, that feels complete. Time for sugar cane juice. Yeah. Is yeah. that the next thing we have to do? <laughs> that's me spontaneously saying i'm thirsty yeah. i'm not eating so i'm jealous okay that's only because you've eaten like a heifer for five days no i have not i have been watching you i am building muscle like <laughs> <laughs> riding around town going to all the restaurants I, it's my first week in ubud what do you what do you expect <laughs> I just moved up to Ubud from Uluwatu, so we just moved into living together once again, and we will be living together from this point. Well, we were living together the... before because I was homeless. Good point. Yeah. Down in Uluwatu. Don't. Anyway. Okay, well, it was beautiful to have this conversation. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Love a lot you. more casual than our YouTube videos, but that was kind of the point. Yeah, it feels better. Yeah, it just feels good, not better, just different. I can know? do anything I want with my hands. Yeah, except for make noise with them. Yeah, which I didn't do such a good job <laughs> no, on. No, you did not. It's a learning process. <laughs> Get there next time. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll we, see you next time. We love you very much. We'll see you to you soon. See you.